Hello, and thank you for listening to this message from River of Life Church. If you enjoy this message, we want to encourage you to share it with a family member or a friend. Also, visit River of Life this Sunday at 10.30 a.m. in Crawfordville. For service times and directions, visit rolcrawfordville.com. That's rolcrawfordville.com. Now, let's join Associate Pastor Chuck Coburn as he teaches from the Word of God. Isn't it good to be in the house of the Lord? This is a day to celebrate. And uh, man, I am so excited to, to be able to be here today to celebrate with you. It's just been, a, been an awesome morning. Uh, and so for you fathers, I want to say happy Father's Day. Uh, so glad to have you this morning. And for everyone who's visiting... I'd like to tell you this is different, but this is the normal river of life. This is who we are. Uh, And we love who we are. And we hope and pray that you'll fall in love with who we are. Uh, So dads, I thought I'd have a bit of fun with us. Uh, There's a few Father's Day funnies that I found. And I thought we would have a bit of fun before I get to preaching. Here's the first one. It says, my kids are always, they're buying me gifts for Father's Day. I hope I can afford it. (laughs) (laughs) How about this one? Every Father's Day, I think about the time I jokingly asked my four-year-old if she was going to get me the best Father's Day mug. No, she said gravely, I haven't met all the dads in the world. (laughs) This is a good one. Let's be honest. You wouldn't have this day if it wasn't for me. (laughs) This one's a little true too. Number four says Mother's Day commercials, diamonds on sale for $3,000. Father's Day, men, Target Cargo's pants on sale for $11. (laughs) How about the next one? This is dad, his conception, perception of reality. And then down at the bottom, his son standing on his face. That's reality. Ladies, you'll probably understand this one very well. Proudly refusing to ask directions since 1845. Isn't that right? Men (laughs) seldom. Um, This is a good one. It's easy, son. Mom's just crazy. And and I, I probably say this is my favorite one. Look at this one. It says. Go ahead, Sarah, pull it up. Don't tell mom was the best advice you ever gave me. (laughs) It's good to laugh. The Bible says a merry heart doeth good like a medicine. And it's good for us to laugh. And uh, even though he is living somewhere else in Florida, I just want to tell my dad, happy Father's Day, dad. I love you and thank you for being just a godly man in my life and raising me the way that you did. And I'm so thankful for godly fathers who have done that in their son's life. If you have your Bible, you can turn with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, and I'll get there in just a second. A few weeks ago, um, I took my next-door neighbor up to urgent care in, in Tallahassee. And while I was waiting for him in urgent care, these two men came in to urgent care. 
And both of them were as high as a kite. And it was obvious. In fact, when they came into the door, you could see the security guard immediately stand because this could be a problem. And so they went to the counter. And of course, the lady began to ask information. And she first of all said, what happened? He said, well, I was working on my car and I cut my lip and he had a gash from like here to here. He was going to need stitches. And she says, okay, we'll, we'll get you taken care of. And then she said, sir, are you high? And he said, yes, I am. And then his buddy simply in response says, I am too. And then his buddy continued to make the reply. She said, however, we don't drink alcohol. We just do pot because that's how it helps us to get through in life. That's how it helps us to get through in life. And then he went on to say, and furthermore, I should be getting my card pretty soon. And then my heart began to sink because I thought to myself, what in the world would cause a man or what in the world would cause a woman to get to that state of mind where the only thing, thing they could think in the world that would help them would be intoxication, being high. I mean, more than likely, probably somewhere along the road, they came into a very hard time of life, a very troubling time in life. And possibly there was nobody around to encourage them to strengthen them, to help them. Or if there was somebody around, more than likely they were just as lost and as hopeless and as helpless as they were. They were and they led them down that same road. And it is sad. But if we were to pause for a moment, we need to ask ourselves that same question. What causes you? What causes me? To get so unfocused in life that we fall prey to the devil. Is there something that is so difficult in our life that maybe we don't have the strength? That maybe we have the lack of faith and no support? And what's interesting, when we get to that place, normally we don't push in to people. We withdraw from people. And that's exactly what the enemy wants us to do is to withdraw. And then when we become isolated from everybody else, the devil then begins to gang up on us and he begins to poison and then he begins to pollute our mind with things like you're not worthy. You're just a loser. You'll never make it. And before you realize it, he has ultimately destroyed and killed your life with wrong thinking, with wrong decisions and wrong actions. And what you need to understand this morning, that God never intended for you to be on planet Earth alone. You realize that. Anytime you and I are alone in this world, we're in trouble. Because the devil will prey on your isolation. And I know that we're in trouble because the Bible makes it pretty clear throughout the entire Bible. So let's go back to the very first book, Genesis. In Genesis chapter 2, it tells us that it's good for man not to be alone. And he just didn't mean man as a male species. He meant man as mankind. It's not good for us to be alone. We need each other. We read in Proverbs chapter 15 where it says that without counsel, without wise advice, we fail. Acts chapter 2, we read where 
the New Testament church met together daily to worship and to eat with one another, to break bread. And then in Hebrews, it tells us not to forsake worshiping. We should be worshiping. Why? Was it just so that God could have our attention? No. It was so that you and I could be together to keep us from doing some crazy things in life that ultimately destroys us. For you see, when we're alone, we're in trouble. And when we're not alone, we get around the wrong crowd, and that usually gets us in trouble. And you need to understand this morning that the only way we're ever going to make it in this life, other than Jesus Christ, is each other. For you see, we need each other. I need you. And you need me. River of life needs you. But you also need river of life. And without us working together as a family, we will fall. We will fail. It's just, it's just the way it works. So the title of my message this morning is simply this. Are you or do you need? Are you or do you need? We're going to read about the story about a man named Timothy this morning. And Timothy was such a neat guy. Timothy was sent to help out a church. And sometimes we need Timothys in our life to help us, to encourage us. And there are times when we need to be the Timothy. We need to be the one that's going to help and encourage somebody who's fallen. Somebody who needs to be picked up. Somebody who needs to be built up. Somebody who is broken and needs to be put back together. So if you have your Bibles, look with me in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. And we're going to look at verses 1 through 5. And this is what it says. Finally, and this was the Apostle Paul. He says, finally, when we could stand it no longer... We decided to stay alone. And that's an interesting quote. Notice what he says. Notice that one of the greatest theologians ever in the history of the world, the Apostle Paul, even says this. I can't be alone. I need people around me to help me, to encourage me, to protect me, to guard me, to guide me. But Paul says, when I could stand it no longer, Paul said, you know what? It's better for me to be left alone because what I know is I, you need help. And that's what he says when, it's, when I'm going to be left alone in Athens. He says, so we sent Timothy to visit you. He is our brother and God's co-worker in proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. We sent him, look closely, to strengthen you. To encourage you in your faith. And to keep you from being shaken by the troubles. Notice, Timothy was sent to strengthen, to encourage, and to keep you from being shaken by the troubles. But you know that we were destined for such troubles. Verse 4 says, even while we were with you, we warned you that troubles would soon come. And if you haven't figured this out, we're going to face trouble in, in this life. There is no escaping trouble. There is no escaping heartache. There is no escaping hardships in life. We all will face some pretty traumatic things in life because it's life. And Paul warned them about that. And in verse 5, he says, That is why, when I could bear it no longer, I sent Timothy to find out whether your faith was still strong. I was afraid that the tempter had gotten the best of you and that our work had been useless. Look at that. Paul said, I was scared that the tempter had gotten the best of you. 
And I have a feeling because I've been here and, and I know pretty much everybody else in this building has been there before. Is that somewhere in our life we have allowed the tempter to get the best of us. To break us down. And if we're not careful. If we get isolated we're going to get in trouble. So you need to understand. That with every written letter there's a purpose behind the letter being written. I mean think about that. When somebody writes the Dear John letter, <laughs> there's a purpose behind Dear John. When somebody's writing out a letter for recommendation, there's a purpose for that letter. I don't know anybody that simply writes a letter just to write a letter. Usually when you're writing a letter, there is a purpose behind the letter being written. So we ask ourselves the question this morning, what was Paul's whole reason to writing this letter to this church? Pretty simple. Paul wrote this letter because these people had already begun to face persecution and hardships of life shortly after they came to know Jesus. For see, what had happened was that there were some pagans in their area. There were some Jews in the area that already began to tell them, hey, <laughs> you understand God really doesn't love you. That guy was a, a charlatan. He just showed up to, to give you some false hope. And now he's even left. Notice he's not even here. And, and they told you that Jesus came back. He's coming back. Well, Jesus came back and forgot you. And we read that in 2 Thessalonians. They had already begun telling these people, listen, Jesus came back and forgot you. Could you imagine that? Could you imagine Jesus coming back and you're still left on planet Earth? And so now we have these young believers that are being overwhelmed by God doesn't love me. Jesus has already came and left me. Boy, what happened? And what's sad about this is that many people today are in that same predicament. I know it's sad to believe, but there are people all over the world today that really believe that God doesn't love them. That there is no God. That is the most prominent move right now in the world. Is that people are becoming become agnostic and atheists. Believing that there is no God. And here's their excuse. Because if God was such a loving God. These tragedies. These hardships. Would not happen. And let's be honest. When hardships and tragedies happen in our life. We typically say God what is going on? God why is this happening to me? Now, if we were to be honest with each other, pretty much 95% of all the bad things that happen to me and you are usually self-inflicted. They're usually caused by me. They're usually caused by you. Every now and then, there happens to be an incident that you had no control over that caused you to be in the situation. But we have people that don't believe in church, that don't believe in God. And they have withdrawn, they pulled away because they just don't believe a loving God would be so cruel and so harsh. Let me try to explain this the best way that I can. God gives both me and you a free will to love him or not to love him, to serve him or not to serve him. That's the choice. You have the choice whether coming here today or not. Did you not? You made the right choice by coming. Some people did not. They stayed home. See, we make choices every day. And the choices we make are either going to help us or they're going to hurt us. 
And when we get hurt by the choices we made, we like to blame everybody else other than ourselves. And we need to be honest with each other this morning that a lot of the mess that I'm in is from me and nobody else. God loves you. And what God wants more than ever in your life is for you to love him and to follow him. God doesn't force you to love him. Could you imagine wives? Could you imagine your husband making you love him? Husband, could you imagine your wives making you love them? What glory, what gratification would that be? You know, my wife really doesn't love me. I just make her love me. My husband really doesn't love me. I just make him love me. No, your greatest satisfaction is when you can smile and say, I know that I know that I know that my wife loves me with all of her heart. And my wife knows that I love her more than she loves me. But it's okay. I love being on the pulpit when she can't answer. You know. So we have a free choice. And so some of the hurt and heartaches that I've gotten in your life have become from a free choice. And one of the beautiful passages of scripture that you'll ever read about this is found in Luke chapter 15. It's the story of the prodigal son. And the prodigal son is what we call a parable. It's a earthly story with a heavenly meaning. And what we're reading about this story is that here is where an earthly son had the best care, had the best home life in all the world. And he said, dad, I'm done. I'm checking out. Just give me my stuff and let me get out of here. And he does. And guess what he does? He does like what most young adults, teenagers would do. He goes out to wild parties and drunken living. And then he finds out who his friends really are. Because when all of his money has gone, then he's left in a pig pen. And in the pig pen of life, I want you to see the response that he gives. Look at me real quick. The Luke chapter 15, verse 18, it says this. He says, I will go home to my father and say, dad, you've been a horrible father. I can't believe you let me do this. No, it doesn't say that, does it? No, it says, father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. See, God loves you. And God gives you and God gives me a free choice. For you teenagers and kids growing up and even some of you young adults, see, you thought it was a good idea. You could finally get out from under your parents' rule and reign. You're tired of listening to their words and what they're doing. And now you're experiencing what it's like to make stupid decisions, aren't you? You may not be regretting it yet, but you will. See, they love you, but there comes a time in all of our lives when God says, okay, it's your time to make the choice. It's your decision. You get to make it. And this is what's happened with a lot of us. We've, we've made a decision. And our decisions have affected us. And rather than taking the blame ourselves, we have pushed the blame off on somebody else. And we can't do that. And we become isolated and alone. One of the things I hear more than ever is, I am not going to go to church because there's a bunch of hypocrites down there. Well, let me be the first to admit, I have been a hypocrite. I know I have let you down at some point in time. And please forgive me. But let's be honest. You've let me down at some point in time and you need to be honest. We have all let each other down at some point in time because it's the human nature. But to say I won't go to church because of the hypocrites would like be going into the like me saying I am no longer going to the grocery store. 
You know why? I found out they sell mushrooms at the grocery store. Listen, I grew up on the farm. I know where mushrooms come from. How dare they sell mushrooms in a grocery store? Some of you just caught that, didn't you? Yeah. You've grown up on the farm. You know where they come from. I can't believe they would put mushrooms in the same store where they would put Mountain Dew, which I no longer drink, or, or Pepsi Cola. I can't believe they would do that. And you would say, you got to be crazy. Chuck, that's like the most absurd thing I have ever heard in my life. There are hundreds of thousands of other items in that store. And you can't go to the store just because of that one little section and that one little item. Chuck, that is ridiculous. It is ridiculous to say I can no longer go to church because of one or two hypocrites when there's hundreds of other godly people that want to love you and help you. (laughs) Hear me. Yes, I know there are hypocrites in the church and praise the Lord, they're going to meet Jesus just like you. But don't let the one or two spoil the rest of us. We want to love you. We want to help you. We want to encourage you. Paul sent Timothy for three reasons. Let's look at this one more time. First Thessalonians chapter three, verses two and three. Notice what it says. He sent him to strengthen you, to encourage you in your faith and to keep you from being shaken by your troubles. That's what he did. He sent you. You have to understand our view and understanding of Christ will ultimately determine how we live. What you believe about God and what you believe about Christ are the key to how you live. The more I know about God through his revelation, the more I know Christ, the more deeply embedded it will be in my heart. The more stronger I will be in my faith and the more confident I will be in him. So Timothy was sent to strengthen, to encourage, and to help these people. Well, well, how do we do that? How do we as a body of believers, how do we strengthen and encourage people? I could give you a thousand ways today, but I just want to give you eight quick ones. And, And I hope that you'll hear this because when I give you these eight, this is what's going to happen. Either number one, you're going to need this for your personal life today. You're going to need a Timothy in your life. Or number two... You need to be that guy or that lady that does that in somebody else's life. Okay, so here's the first one. And I don't have them in what I call, you know, like 10 to 1, 1 1 to 8, 8 to 1. These are just the way they come up in in my study. Number one, pray for them. We need to pray. Maybe maybe you need prayer this morning. So what I want to share with you this morning, church, is that even though I am one of your pastors... I am so blessed to be surrounded with a family that blesses me because I need what you need. Although I'm one of your spiritual leaders, I still need to be prayed for. And you know what's so neat about this family here at River of Life? It's like I've got a brother that every time he calls me, I know he's going to pray for me. Every time. In fact, I expect it when the moment I hear the sound of his voice, I know it's coming. And I need it and I want it. And then when he sees me here at River of Life, he's going to give me a big old hug and he's going to pull me in and love me. He's going to tell me he loves me. He encourages me because, see, I'm human like you. I need people to pray for me. There's many other views. I know that you pray and you need people to pray for you. 
We have a prayer group that meets here every Saturday morning at 745 to pray. And let me tell you what, when they pray, they pray. And that's why we have such a wonderful facility. We have such a wonderful environment because we have godly men and women that meet every Saturday morning to pray. And then I have another group that prays every Wednesday morning. Because we understand the importance of prayer. We understand that you need prayer, that your pastors need prayer. So this morning, if you're in a world of hurt, if you're hollow within, if, if you're battling this morning, we want to help you. We want to pray for you. So the statement is this, has the tempter gotten the best of you? That's what Paul said, I'm sending Timothy to you because I'm fearing the tempter has gotten the best of you. Then let us pray for you. Let us pray that he will keep you from being shaken by your troubles. Notice it and say, I'm going to pray that you're, you're going to be delivered from your troubles because Paul knew that we're going to face trouble. We want to pray for you this morning so that the Lord can equip you. He can encourage you. He can strengthen you so that when your trouble come, you won't waver in your faith. You'll have peace. You'll have confidence. Well, the second thing is, is teach them. We need to be taught. You know, as I, I shared with you just a few seconds ago, the more that the word of God is embedded within your heart and in your mind and in your soul, the stronger you're going to be to withstand the attacks of our day. We are so blessed at River Life to be taught the word of God every Sunday morning by your pastors, by your leaders. We don't bait, we don't beat around the bush. We just shoot from the Bible because we believe in God's word. It is holy from maps to names. It's all the way there. It won't matter. That's what we believe. We have such incredible life groups. Listen, if you're not involved in a life group, I want to encourage you. A life group is a, is a group of people, anywhere from about five to 25 people that they meet and they study the word of God together. They, they pray together. They go places together, but they, they enjoy one another. They grow in the Lord together. Listen, if you're still on the island of self, you're in trouble. Get involved with a group, a life group. Hey, listen, one of the greatest life group we have meets here on Wednesday nights. We have a life group just for your small kids. We have a life group just for your teenagers. We have a life group for you adults. We have a gifted and anointed teacher that sits in here every Wednesday night from this pulpit and digs deep in the word of God to teach us the truths of God's word. And those who are on Wednesday night, am I right? Amen. But if you don't know God's word, you're going to struggle. You're going to fail. We got to know the word of God. You got to let that word be taught in you. Let us teach you. Listen, when I come on Wednesday nights, I'm sitting down to learn. I want to learn. Why? Because I don't want to be tossed back and forth and be had be by the devil i want to be as strong as strong can be and so today has the tempter gotten the best of you you're going to hear this over and over again has the tempter gotten the best of you then let us teach you god's word so it will keep you from being shaken by the troubles of the world see you know the tempter's got the best in you because you're withdrawn you're isolated you're pulling away I mean, the devil's reeling you back and forth. You can't stay steady. 
Have you ever watched a marathon run, runner run? Don't watch a marathon runner run. It's like, or even a sprinter. You don't see them take off about 50 feet and go, I think I'll stop over here and say hello to my mom and dad while I'm running. They listen to who? Nobody. They just run the race. And we're letting the devil just swerve us back and forth. We need to learn to run the race that God has set before us. Number three, we just need to learn to fellowship. Hang out. Fellowship is just a real fancy word to say, we're going to hang out together. We're going to enjoy one another. You know, every now and then it's okay just to hang out. You know, it, that's spiritual. I mean, it, you know, it doesn't always have to be I'm on my hands and knees praying and fasting. You know, every now and then we just need to hang out. Listen, I, I've got friends I get to hang out with all the time. I got friends that I go play golf with. Of course, I, we really need to pray when we play golf. There's no doubt about that. But, but we just, you know what? We just enjoy the company. We get to talk about river of life and what's going on in our lives. But you know what? Have a man in the church that makes sure every week he calls me or texts me and says, remember, we're having lunch on Thursday. Love to have you. And I go eat lunch with the men of the church on Thursday. We just fellowship. It, it's great. Yesterday, I had the privilege of going to the gun range and watched uh, a man in our church teach gun safety to a couple other people. But it was so neat because there was two people that were pretty novices at it or new. And he was just, you could tell he was in his element. I mean, talk about a leader and a teacher. He was very relaxed. He made them relax. He made them feel good. He showed them how to use a gun. He showed them how to shoot the gun. He gave them the safety tips. And what I loved about it was they were joking and having a good time. And here I am just watching. And I really wasn't planning on just watching, but I was just so mesmerized by how this man was just simply educating and, and talking to these people about gun control. And you're like, well, Chuck, what's the big deal? I'm telling you that there is a place in this church for you. There's a place for you to use the gifts that God's given you. There's a place for you to pray, a place for you to teach, a place for you to help. And you just got to do it. Now, I'm thank the Lord that he did not give me the gift of mind reading. That would be dangerous. Some of you would be at the altar repenting right now. Not, you know, I'm just teasing. So we don't know what, what some of the gifts you have. But listen, if, if God's given you some gifts, why don't you bless me with your gifts? Why don't you bless me with them? I, I, could, use all, I could use all the help I can get. Why don't you bless yourself? The Bible says it's better to give to re, than to receive. I promise you, these men and these ladies that are actively involved in my life, they're probably getting more out of what they're doing for me than what I'm getting by them sharing and helping me. Because that's just the way it works. Has the tempter gotten the best of you? Then let us fellowship with you. So that you will keep you from being shaken by troubles. Listen, right now. More people are out chasing help in the world than they're looking in the church. I mean, right now, the greatest phenomenon is TikTok. And more people spend time on, people spend hours every day making TikTok videos and watching TikTok videos. And I get it, some of them are neat. But if you were to spend that time praying, if you were to spend that time fellowshipping with other Christians, it changed your life.
Listen, I am the, I'm the, I'm the, I'm the admin guy, IT guy. I'm like the it guy here at River of Life. I'm not on social media. You know why? I've got better things to do with my life. Better things. And hear me, I'm not saying you can't have, have some fun with it, but come on. If you're spending countless hours every day to find a TikTok video to make you happy, to put a smile on your face, you're in trouble. All I got to do is pick up a phone call and call one of you. And I'm going to have a smile on my face. All I've got to do is call somebody and I'll put a smile on their face. I don't have to spend hours. I, well, it, sometimes it takes more than seconds because every now and then Siri doesn't want to cooperate with me. But I get that privilege. And if you'll learn to engage with the people here in this church family, it'll change your world. And you may be visiting today, and I'm thankful you're here, but hear me. Get involved with a church family somewhere that will love you, that will help you, that will encourage you, that will get in your face when you're wrong so that you know when you're doing right. Learn to hang out. How about this one, number four? Greet them. Let's be honest. You cannot find a more loving church than this church. You cannot. If, 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 if it exists, you need to tell me where. You walk through the doors, people are smiling at you. Hey, let's be honest. Were you helped from your car today by some man that wanted to love you by holding an umbrella for you and getting you in the building so you wouldn't get wet? Where else on earth do you find that at? You find it here. Because we love you. And that smile when you get greeted walking through the door. Wow. When you sat down, you just didn't get isolated. People probably come up and started talking to you because we're a family and that's what families do. We love one another. We care for one another. Come on now. We know there's some black sheep in the family. We get it, but that's okay. There's one in every family. There may be four in yours. I don't know, but we love each other and that's what it's about. It's about being together. We live in a very tragic world today. And if you haven't figured this out yet, it's coming unraveled. It's not getting better. It's getting worse. And now more than ever, you're going to need a family that will love you. A family that will protect you. A family that will pray for you. A family that will help you. Because that's what you need. I had the privilege of talking to a family this past week. And when they came to River of Life, they said, we have searched all over Tallahassee. We've searched in the area around here. And we were looking for a church for our children. And we came here. We knew we found the church. They said, when we walked into your facility, we felt the presence of the Lord. When we walked over to the children's building, we felt the presence of the Lord. And we knew this is it. We want to welcome you to the family. We want to welcome you to a place that will love you, that will encourage you, that will strengthen you. So when the hard times come together, we can do it. Once again, has the tempter gotten the best of you? Then let us greet you. Let us talk with you so we can keep you being shaken by the troubles of this world. Number five, I need to move on. Worship. We need to learn to worship together. We 
Let me tell you what. I am so thankful that when I come to church on Sunday mornings, that I don't have to worry about trying to figure out how to lead you into worship. We have an incredible worship team. Amen? And they take great joy. They take great joy in allowing you to engage in worship with the Lord. Listen, family, that doesn't happen by happenstance. And, and hear me, I'm not saying this tongue in cheek. I'm saying it honest. You know what makes them sound so good and look so good? Is that team that sits in the back that works nonstop to make them do that. Thank you, tech team. And they count it all joy that they know when you come to River Life, you don't have to worry about anything. All you need to do is show up and get ready to engage in worship. Get ready to follow the preaching with the words on the screen. They're ministering to you. That's their blessing to you. We engage in worship. So that you can engage in worship. And I don't know about you, but I love the worship here. Man, I feel so much better. Let me tell you what. Amen. <laughs> you can be like a sorry preacher like me and I'll sound good after following them. I mean, God just prepped your heart for me. I like that. That works. But what I want to tell you is. Is that just like this team worships for you every now and then you need to worship for this team. See, if God's gifting you with some computer abilities, we could use people up in the tech booth. You don't have to be gifted all you have to be is willing to learn. Gifted. Say, God has given me talents. Well, then use your talents so you can bless somebody else. That's the way this works. When Timothy went to Thessalonica, he, was went, he went for three reasons. To encourage them, to strengthen them, so that they wouldn't be shaken by their troubles. River of life exists today for you. To strengthen you. To encourage you. So when... The world breaks loose in your life and all the troubles come crashing down. You won't be shaken because you have a God that loves you. You have a savior that walks with you and you have a church family that will die for you. So listen, if the tempters gotten the best of you, then let's worship together. Learn to worship. Well, Pastor Chuck, you know, I don't like that music. Do you really think heaven's all about you? I mean, do you? I mean, do you think when the gates open and you step in, you're going to say, got this Jesus move out of the way. Now we're going to sing my music. Okay, so here I am. No, let me tell you what. When you get to heaven, you won't care. When you lock eyes with the Savior, you won't care if it's rap. You won't care if it's jazz country. It won't rock. It won't matter. All you'll want to do is fall down on your face and worship him. So let's start today. Let's just get ready today and do it. Learn. Number six. Let's call or write them. You know, it does good to get an email every now and then. It does good to get a letter in the mail. It makes the world. Give a telephone call. All the difference in the world. You could be the person that makes or breaks somebody. You could be that person. I know an individual in the church that um, they missed church one Sunday. And they were a little upset because nobody called them that they were missed. I mean, they, they didn't show up and nobody said, hey, we missed you. Where were you at? 
And when they begin to think about complaining, the Holy Spirit says, well, do you call anybody? And they went, hmm. And from that day on, this person makes sure they call, they text, they write, they visit. Because they realize it is needed. And let me tell you what, there is no greater joy in all the world when I get a text from this person. When I get a phone call from this person. When I see this person. Because they want to make sure that I'm loved. They want to make sure that I am appreciated. They want to make sure that I know that they know they love me. See, we're a family. And that's what you do. When you're gifted in those areas, you use those gifts to bless other people. I'm sharing my experiences to you to let you know we pastors need it just as much as you. And I'm thankful that my church family are doing these things for me. Let's skip to number seven. Love them. It's just simple. We need to love each other. Let me tell you what, there's there's no shadow of a doubt we're a loving church. How do I know that? Come on, some of you have been in surgeries in the hospital and the River of Life family has brought you food to your house. They've called you. They've visited you. Maybe your light bill's been paid for. Maybe you've been blessed enough because somebody loved you enough to be quiet enough they put your house back in order, repaired your home, put a new roof on. That's how you love people. And that's how we love people here. We love you. And we're going to help you when you're in need. Because that's what the Lord did for us. And we don't do it to brag. We just do it because we love you. We don't need a thank you. But there will be times as I love you that I'm going to need to be loved. And I need you to love me. That's what family is all about. Last, serve. We need to serve each other. That's what this is all about. We're going to take care of each other's needs. We're going to help each other. Because we want to be a Timothy. See, we want to strengthen you. We want to encourage you. So that when the hard times come up in your life, you won't be shaken. I was so blessed last Wednesday night. We had Wednesday night suppers. And we did not organize a cleanup crew. And we really didn't need to organize a cleanup crew. Because when dinner was over... I watched my River of Life family come together and clean up the children's building so the children could have their worship in there at 7 o'clock. Amazing. Didn't have to ask anybody. They just did it. And here's what I really found nice. Just to brag a little bit. Not one, not two, not three, but I watched four of your board members, the leaders of your church, Get in the trenches and clean up that fellowship, clean up that children's building for us. See, your leaders, we're just not high and lofty. We get in the trenches with you. We're going to hit the ground running hard as you run because we love you. We want to serve you. We want to be there for you. As it is so clearly said in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 2, Timothy was sent to strengthen you, to encourage you in your faith. And to keep you from being shaken by troubles. Are you in trouble this morning? If you're in trouble, we're going to have some people up at the altar. We want to pray for you. We want to help you. We want to encourage you. We want to strengthen you. If you've never asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, give us that opportunity to introduce him to you. 
If you are not actively plugged into a church family somewhere, we want to invite you this morning. Why don't you join our family? We want you to be a part. We want you to get involved so that when the world comes unraveled, you won't miss a beat. Are you being a Timothy today? Are you loving and encouraging people? Or do you need a Timothy today? Do you need us to help you? We're a family and that's how it works. And so I want to ask you in closing today, if you need help today, you come forward. This family will help you. If you want to help today, you come forward and tell me, tell others up here how you can help so we can get you started. There is nothing better in all of the world to be involved and engaged with a church family that loves you and loves Jesus. And so today I want to encourage you, get involved with a church family so we can love you and it'll change your life. Let's pray. Father, thank you today for Timothy who encouraged this church, who strengthened this church so that when the hard times came, they were not shaken by the enemy. Father, it is my desire today, Lord, if you know it's my heart. I, wanna, I want this church to be that church that will love people, that will help people. So when the bottom falls out in their life, they won't be shaken. Lord, is somebody here today that their life has fallen apart? Holy Spirit, I pray that you will be so loud in their life that the enemy would not whisper lies in their heart. And the day they would come forward so that we could love them, so that we could help them and encourage them. Father, I ask right now for those who are attending this church and Lord, they're not involved anywhere. I pray you will begin to show them their gifting, show them what they can do to not only bless their pastor and their staff, but Lord, bless their family. Today, Lord, I pray that you will unite us stronger than we've ever been united. So we will be brighter than we've ever been before. So a dark and dying world will be able to find hope. They'll be able to find help. And they'll be able to find you. And I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you again for viewing this message from River of Life. If this message has touched you today, or if you need somebody to pray with you, please let us know. You can also call us at 850-926-1200 or send an email to info at riveroflifefl.com. We also encourage you to check out River of Life Live this Sunday morning at 1030 a.m. in Crawfordville. Visit rolcrawfordville.com for more information and directions.